tacos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Thanks, Taylor. Now let's dive in. Today's date is August 25th, 2023, and that means that the first week of classes are finally wrapping up for you guys. How was your first week? It was great. I mean, um, trying to get back into it, trying to, you know, get back into the routine. But overall, it's great. Yeah, I had a great first week. I have a sports media class with like seven KTSW sports members. Oh, so wow. it's, it's it was a fun week with them in class. Yeah, all you uh, comm majors out there having a lot of fun as an animal science major. I'm stuck in like chemistry and all of that nonsense. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, why did I do this to myself? But, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you guys get to have fun in your classes, so good job. I remember chemistry. Yeah, never again. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess my first week, it was pretty cool. I have a lot of online classes, actually, like three online classes. Mm -hmm. So one of them is at 9 a.m., so waking up for that is a pain in the morning. A 9 a.m. online class? Yeah, dude. Uh, But anyways, we're going to go ahead and hop right into your Bobcat sports. Uh, Texas State soccer came into a match against UNT last night. They were both 2-0, and unfortunately, Texas State dropped that one 0-3 against UNT. So they remain undefeated. And their next matchup will be Sunday against UTSA. They are currently 2-1, coming off of a loss, shutout, shutout loss to Kansas State. So, guys, did you guys catch that matchup last night against UNT? Yeah, I mean, I can already see it because um, we never won against um, Texas State, never won against uh, North Texas. And um, the record was nine losses and one draw. And one draw was last year, which was um, with Coach Holman. And it's worth noting that our keeper... Texas State keeper, Caitlin Chrisman, saved eight shots on goal, which is quite a lot for um, eight shots. Yeah. Yeah. For eight shots. Yeah. UNT has had a great first three games. They've shut out all their opponents 3-0 in all three of their games. So they haven't allowed a goal. Uh, Texas State definitely struggled getting shots on goal. Uh, UNT had 11 shots on goal compared to Texas State's three. We, it was a scoreless game until around the 62nd minute. Tough hand handball got a penalty kick for UNT. But yeah, Caitlin Christman definitely helped helped the Bobcats big time. The game would have been a lot different if she didn't have her eight saves. So I definitely think more shots on goal, more accuracy from Bobcats next game. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, like with any sport, I always say this. It's about, you know, getting in early. And so definitely getting more shots on goal can definitely help us out, especially coming up on... Um, on Sunday against UTSA, I think that's going to be uh, one of those games that really should be, you know, high energy and like highly anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime that Texas State faces off against UTSA, I know that's one of their main rivals. So it's kind of like you come in with a chip on your shoulder, no matter what the sport oh, is, yeah. no matter what your previous record may be. I don't think that the record is as bad as 9 and one against <laughs> UNT, yeah. like Richard stated. But like you say, you want to go into next game trying to avenge the loss. And it's still early on in the season, so everybody's still trying to fill out their positions and what they're trying to do and everything. But major shout-out to Grace Reddick. Oh, she yeah. She is on the Texas State soccer team, and she is also a member of KTSW Radio. So shout-out to her yeah. as she continues her um, athletic career there. 
So after that game, though, against UTSA, I know the big game that they'll be getting ready for is against Power 5 Oklahoma State. Um, what is it like for um, non-Power 5 school to kind of go up against a big-time powerhouse like that in Oklahoma State? I think going up against a big school like that, you don't have any like expectations really. And I think that usually the underdog, I feel like they're going to be ready to come out and play since they're such an underdog. It's fun playing against big teams like that, especially when there's no expectations. So I'm really expecting them to go out there, have fun, be excited and come out hot. Yeah, especially after they lost against um, UNT. And last matchup with OSU um, in 2006, they lost 10-0. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but that's on 2006 before okay. Coach Holman. Okay. Okay. So yeah. definitely with those uh, big games against big schools, it's all about making that impression. You know, you go in there and obviously, you know, it's like the underdogs. We want to prove something, right? The, you know, going against a big power five school, like you said, they're known for that stuff, right? Right. right. And then it's just Texas State coming in and being like, you want to shock them. Yeah, we got to we we want to make that impression. We want to be like, yeah, we can play with the big boys, right? Gotcha. It's all about, you know, making that strong and, impression. And I'm glad you actually brought that name up, Richard. Coach Holman, I had an opportunity to speak with him this past mm-hmm. Tuesday at the coaches dinner, and I asked him a couple of questions um about the season, what he was getting ready for and everything. He was just so amped up and ready and motivated mm-hmm. with the girls on that team. They really seem like that they can go all the way this year. So I'm excited to see what Coach Holman can do this year. Yeah, yeah. but going in, kind of zooming out from Texas State and going into San Marcos High School, San Marcos High School football season officially starts in the regular season today mm-hmm. against the Huddle Hippos tonight. That kickoff will be 8 p.m. in Huddle, Texas. But I don't know if you guys remember, but it was announced that San Marcos High School was hit with a violation, a recruiting violation, mm-hmm. that followed with a two-year playoff ban. So my question to you guys would be, how can the coach of San Marcos High School football keep these guys motivated to actually win, knowing that if they win, it won't actually lead to anything? I mean... It comes back to their motivation, really, Um, their players' motivation. um, You know, you can play to achieve something or you can play just for fun, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope the players are doing their best to just ignore the whole situation because it really has nothing to do with them. It's more of a coaching administration problem, and I hope their goal is to get better and work hard every single day. Even if they do win, yeah, they won't make the playoffs, but if they're getting better and working hard and putting in their best effort, I think that's what really matters. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's just one of those situations where it's like it it just hurts the players, you know, because they're like, we can work so hard to get here, but in the end, you know, can't go to the playoffs. So it's more of a just make, have fun playing it and have, you know, do as good as you can while in the regular season. Yeah, because, you know, you're only in that, on that team for such a short amount of time right Right. so it's about making those memories and having fun with the game before you know you get on to like college level where it's taken a lot more serious like high school football in you know especially the texas area it's kind of one of those big things a lot of people look forward to those friday night lights right and so especially in smaller towns it's kind of like their pride right and so you know you just want to have fun with it it's in the end you're still, I mean, they're still kids. Absolutely. They're just got to, you know, they're playing not because, you know, they're playing mainly because they just want to 
play the game, right? Yeah, you're right, Bo. And I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. You know, you're playing the game to have fun Mm -hmm. at the same time. And like what you said again, Bo, you can't take this opportunity for granted. Knowing that at the high school level, you know how much this game of football means entirely to the state of Texas and everything. Not everybody can be in your position to do what you do. And just being honest, even if we go to the next level, not everybody is going to make it to that next college football level. You know, so Mm -hmm. being able to enjoy the game of football while you can, I believe that's the biggest thing to me. But at the same time, I mean, I just... I'm not going to make any accusations against any other schools, Uh but we can kind (laughs) of guess in our head that they, it kind of goes on everywhere, but they're just the only ones that got got caught. caught. Yeah. Yeah. So the question, I don't know if there will be a definitive answer, but do you think that they could appeal per se the ban after the first year? Um, well, I don't know how it works on like that kind of level, high like with the level. yeah, with the high school level. I don't know, like, because at least in like college, you have like right the board and all of that. You have the way higher ups in college. It's more like, or in high school. I don't know if it's like the you know the yeah, they district have a, stuff. They have a judiciary board on okay. the UIL because that's who it was oh, yeah. the UIL that mm. gave them the ban and everything. But I don't know. We'll have to see how yeah. everything goes. For them, but we are wishing them luck this season. That game will actually be broadcasted tonight uh-huh. on KTSW 89.9. Our very own Kobe Jackson and Paxton Graff will be on the call. I myself will be reporting that game, and I believe that Karis will be producing yeah, that she game will. for us tonight. She will be. So we are very excited to be getting back into the thick of things and hoping for a great game tonight. But we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. You're listening to KTSW Radio, Bobcat Radio, 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio. Once again, I'm Thomas Terry alongside Taylor Quinn, Richard Presidioco, and Bo Kelly. Now, I know I said that we were going to zoom out of Texas State Athletics for a second, but I was reminded by my great co-host that Texas State Volleyball actually just started their regular season this morning in the Tennessee Classic. They took on Marist College this morning at 9 a.m., and they're playing against Tennessee, the big UT, or Texas fans don't get bad at me for saying that, but... (laughs) At 5.30 today, they're playing University of Tennessee, and they're playing University of Tennessee Martin tomorrow at 9 a.m. So, guys, this is Coach Sean Hewitt's first year as the head coach for Texas State. How are we – what are we looking forward to with this Texas State volleyball team? I think this is a brand-new team. We have a lot of new people. We have four freshmen, three transfers. So I think this is is a new year. Obviously, we don't have players like Emily DeWalt anymore, but – I'm hoping, I'm really looking forward to transfer KJ Johnson. She was dominant in the exhibition against UTSA. And I didn't really get to look at the game right now against that they just won. But um, I'm excited to see what she did in that, in those three sets. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think me personally, volleyball is such a fun sport to watch. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. Like, it's just one of those where, you know, one, it's indoors, and so it's not hot. it's not outside. hot yeah. outside. Um, and, you know, you can just so many people go to these, especially early on in the semester, considering like, you know, Texas State football doesn't start for a good little while. Right. And um, it gives us something to think. Yeah, it gives kind us of, something yeah. to do. And then, I mean, there's soccer and all that. And so there's a there, it's more of these like, I don't want to say smaller sports, but not one of like 
the big three sports that a lot of people attend, you know, like. And actually, Bo, I'm going to cut you off right okay. there. Texas State did win all three sets, a clean sweep against Marist College this nice. morning. So, yeah, that's a great way to start the season if you're Texas State. Great oh. way. But, you know, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. playing against a bigger Power 5 school at um, University of Tennessee, that's an SEC school. So coming from the Big 12 with Oklahoma State with soccer to the SEC with Tennessee, mm-hmm. that's an even bigger program. So, Taylor, I know you were talking about how the underdog might want to step up in everything. Is that the case that you're seeing here for Texas State Volleyball? Yeah, I mean, in all these uh, games are playing in the Tennessee Classic, uh, Texas State has never faced off against any of them, so they've never played Tennessee. So I think it's going to be really exciting to see them go against an SEC school. They're really strong, powerful always. So I'm excited to watch what they'll do against Tennessee. I think that's tonight at 5, I believe. Yes, 5.30. Yeah, well, good luck to Texas State Volleyball this season. The season is still early, and good luck to Coach Sean Hewitt, first-year coach. I mean, it's always amazing for a first-year head coach to kind of— they bring excitement Mm -hmm. to the program and all over the campus, as we've seen with football head coach uh, G.J. Kenny. I mean, he has totally transformed the atmosphere. Excuse me, totally transformed the atmosphere for Texas State athletics and everything. So we're definitely excited to see what all of these head coaches can do for the program. But zooming out into a national scope, we just had one of the best players in Major League Baseball technically go down. Shohei Itani, a torn UCL the other day. Mm. It was announced that he will no longer be pitching. However, he is still hitting for the Los Angeles Angels. Now, my opinion on that, I don't necessarily see the point. The season is <laughs> wasted. You know, I, I don't I don't really get that. But how do you guys feel about him still hitting with that torn UCL? I mean, the Angels just really don't have a chance. And I think this has just been a really tough season for them. And I don't see why putting their star player like Otani, having him bat when he has a torn UCL, UCL is a good idea right now. Yeah, it's just opening him up to more injuries, you know, like. He should be he should be resting. He shouldn't be worrying about all that. He should be focused on getting better so he can, you know, come back and, you know, play some more. And get his contract that he deserves. Exactly. Right. Breaking contract on the way. (laughs) But um yeah, like, I mean, I wouldn't have like uh me personally, I would have been like, You're gonna make me play after I tore something. I don't know if that's like a personal decision on his part or if that's like the the coaches and the managers being like you gotta hit still but i mean that's it's also for any athlete if yeah. you played any sport you're not gonna want to sit down oh yeah but for sure. at the same time i think the training staff has to take it upon themselves and say hey this is arguably potentially this could be one of the greatest players that the game has ever seen mm-hmm. we can't jeopardize his career for something as major of an injury as this yeah this, in case you don't know a torn ucl is uh, the ligament inside of your elbow. So he's a right-handed pitcher. So his his tendon in his right elbow was torn. Mm-hmm. So he can't necessarily extend it that well. So you have to extend your arm yeah, when you're hitting. Yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it normally requires Tommy John surgery, which puts you out for over 12 months yeah. with the training, trying to come back and everything. I had a but, buddy in high school who tore his UCL, and I had to get all that surgery and done, and he was out for the whole season. Oh, yeah. It's and a, it was awful for him. Yeah, it's a very, very combative in- injury to come back from, like a torn ACL yeah. in basketball and football. But in other baseball news, I mean, you know I had to talk about them. The Texas Rangers, <laughs> uh. they are atop of the AL West right now, sitting at 72-55. and 55. 
The Seattle Mariners are right behind them at 71 and 56, alongside with the Astros at 72 and 57. By the way, the Astros. Well, can somebody remind me of that final score from okay, yesterday? Stop oh, I will. 17-1. No. 17-1. Let me remind you again. Uh. 17 to 1. You heard it here on Bobcat <laughs> Radio. Yeah, they got absolutely walloped against, I believe they played the Boston Red Sox. Yes. I, but to be fair, it can happen to any team on any, any given night. So we're just, you know, playing around with the Astros. We like to poke fun here. And the, uh, and the KTSW staff were split directly down the middle, yeah. really, with Rangers fans and Astros fans. Hilarious. But I mean, who do you guys have coming out of that division going into the playoffs with about 30 games left in the regular season? I don't want to say the Astros are going to be at the top. Sorry. I know you're a Rangers <sighs> fan, but I just want to go back to you. It's been a really tough week for the Rangers. Seven game losing <laughs> streak. How are you feeling? There's like a little over a month left. What are you thinking for the rest of the season? Yeah, for them? There, there's a reason I didn't bring that up when I was talking <laughs> about it. But yeah, let's, I think it's a currently seven game losing streak. But like I was saying mm-hmm. yesterday, um, I'd rather get all the losses out now in the month of September than to lose in October. So yeah. let's hope that the Rangers can get it turned around. I know they actually have one of the the highest run differential in the major league right now with plus 181. That that is that's an astonishing stat right there. I think there's another team right behind them at 172, and then the next one is 86. So that lets you know what type of baseball the Rangers have been playing. Uh-huh all season long. But yeah, going across from the American League and the National League, it's not that much of a debate that the Atlanta Braves are unilaterally the best team in all of baseball right now. I mean, Ronald Acuna, no doubt, will be the MVP for the National League. I don't think he's facing any competition for that. But talking about MVP, who do you guys have winning the AL MVP? Is it still Shohei despite the injury? Is it Kyle Tucker from the Astros or maybe even Corey Seager from the Texas Rangers? I don't know, man. I don't know. Taylor, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm not sure. I have no idea. I mean. All three great players. Yeah. That can, you can make a case for each and every mm-hmm. one of them. I think I definitely think that's that's the case. But um, I just want to go back on you talking about the Braves being being the best team. Like they have the most home runs. But I just I just want to know, like, what do you think is like keeping the Braves atop right now, making them so great? The ability for all of their players to do it all. Really, you have a lot of utility players on that team. And when you have a team that can not only smash home runs like they've been doing, leading the major league in home runs, when you have a team that can also play defense the way that they do, keeping other teams from scoring runs, that's the main thing. And you're trying to also you're trying to keep your pitchers efficient, keep them rested, keep them from having to go deep in games. And that's what the Braves can do as well. So having a team that could do it all like them with a whole bunch of Swiss Army knife players, that's exactly what's leading to their success right now. And I think it should be replicated. That's a good description. Swiss Army knife players. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. That's you good. need that in every single sport. Oh, yeah. Just like somebody else that I actually want to talk about going into the NFL. Talk about Swiss Army knife. Isaiah Simmons. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was drafted by Clemson. I mean, nah, drafted out of Clemson. The eighth and, pick, right? Yes. Yeah. The eighth pick into the NFL draft and they thought that he was going to be the next big thing but yesterday he was traded to the New York Giants for a seventh round pick mm-hmm. in case you don't know in the NFL landscape there's only seven rounds in the draft <laughs> so for the Cardinals to make that deal what do you think that signifies that they're just all in on tanking this year I mean 
that's kind of a crazy deal to make for a player as talented as he is. I know he hasn't performed as such, but he still has so much potential. Yeah. You think it's tank season in Arizona right now? I'm not sure because I was even looking at what their head coach said on their reasoning of trading him, and he didn't really even give a good reason. He just said he did everything we asked him to do, and moving forward, they just don't want him on the team. I'm not I'm not sure. Seventh round pick, that's insane that's when you drafted tragedy. him when you drafted him number eight. But my dad is a huge Giants fan, so I'm really? I'm sure he thinks that that's a steal right there. Oh yeah, I know he's excited for him. Hopefully that Brian Dabble can put him in the right situation in the contract year. But saying that you that he did everything that we asked, but we just don't want him, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, that's got to hurt a little bit somewhere. It'll <laughs> yeah, even DeAndre Hopkins was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe a seventh round pick. Like, no. Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I know this happened a little while ago, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around the entire situation of him being on the Tennessee Titans for this year. I mean, their quarterback situation, they're going to have to play Ryan Tannehill with a thirty six and a half million dollar cap. <laughs> you just can't bench thirty seven million dollars. I know. But. What exactly, I, sh- I should phrase the question like this, who do you have coming out of the AFC South this year? So to remind you, you have the Tennessee Titans in that division, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, and the Indiana- Indianapolis Colts. Who can win that division this year? Me personally, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I feel like, is really the only reliable quarterback. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he's been he's been okay in preseason. The first game he struggled. Last game he was better. But I think Trevor Lawrence is the most reliable quarterback out of all of those teams. I don't think Texans has started C.J. Stroud yet. I might be wrong, but just I don't pre- think. Like, just yeah, seeing him play in preseason. Yeah. yeah. In which he performed horribly in his first preseason <laughs> the game. The first game was bad. Yeah, I remember. I think it was in his first three throws, three yeah pass attempts, he threw an interception. And then second attempt, I believe he fumbled the ball while almost getting injured in the process. Yeah, he was just a mess. <laughs> so after that, they pulled him and they didn't play him again. But I'm glad y'all actually brought up preseason because one of the last things I want to talk about is um, the preseason standouts for the NFL. You know, preseason's winding down and the regular season is about to get kick-started back up. Who were your favorites that performed in the preseason this year? I know for me, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns out of UCLA, he was absolutely electric for them. So electric that they actually traded Joshua Dobbs, the QB2 at the time, and promoted him, a rookie, to QB2. So how about you guys? Who were your preseason standouts? I might be a little biased because I'm a Steelers fan, but Jalen Warren, I was really impressed with him, especially against the Bills when he had that 62-yard carry to the house. I'm glad that he's like getting a few more reps, and especially when Najee is out, I would like to see him get some more playing time for sure. I think he did really well. I'm I'm not a huge football fan, oh, uh, to be okay. honest with you guys. I'm more of a baseball fan. That's okay. Um, but, you know, I'm from Houston. <laughs> so, so we're going to say <laughs> C.J. Stroud by the yeah, <laughs> yeah, even though... It was a tragedy yeah, in that, that preseason game, but but hey, preseason doesn't doesn't determine <laughs> doesn't whether define good. You. Yeah, it doesn't define you. If we remember Jamar Chase in his first preseason mm-hmm. game, dropped a wide open touchdown pass, and the rest is history. One Look of the greatest receivers in the league right now. But talking about Najee Harris, Taylor, I want to ask you: do, Would you give him? It's almost contract time for him. It's almost contract time. He was drafted, I believe, in 2022. 22. Yeah, so he has a couple of years left, but you know how the free agent landscape is for running backs and what the market is like. Would you re-sign Najee Harris to a long-term deal? 
I love him. I would. I think he's I think he's a great addition to the Steelers and I think he works hard and works his butt off for them. And I think him and Pickett have a good connection and you know, um I would like to see him stay on the Steelers, obviously, but I think he's he's great for them. Yeah, yeah, I like that analysis. With a lot of times with players, even if you may not be the greatest, just because you've built that rapport with the fan base, that almost yes. makes you a little bit better than what you really are. Steelers fans are very loyal, so I think they would also like to see him stick around, too. Yeah. And with the Steelers, you being a Steelers fan, how do you have them finishing in the AFC North against the likes of the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns? Okay, I'm definitely putting them above the Browns, but when it comes to the Bengals, I don't think they have a chance against the Bengals. I don't know. I see them. I don't want to say second. I'll say third, maybe, third. but I want to give them second, but I can't. I'll, hey, I can respect that you're being, <laughs> you can be um, unbiased and biased at the same time. Yeah, there still we go. Get the respectable takes. Yeah, with the Bengals, I mean, they're absolutely amazing. One of the best teams in, NF, in the NFL right now with Joe Burrow at the helm at quarterback. Joe Mixon, I think they got his contract situation kind of hammered out and everything. So he's going to be back for them. And at the same time, they just re-signed T. Higgins. T. Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd still under contract. Stacked. And then, like we said earlier, Jamar Chase. And on top of that, their defense isn't that bad either with Trey Hendrickson and mm-hmm. Logan Wilson and all of that that they have going on there. But the other counterparts that you have in AFC North, those Baltimore Ravens, they just re-signed Lamar Jackson. They signed Odell Beckham in free agency, drafted Zay Flowers out of Boston College, which, by the way, he's been going off in preseason too. So, yeah, they're going to be – they're going to have some stiff competition. But knowing that the Ravens' passing attack is what it is, Y'all might have a shot for that second spot. So we'll definitely uh, see I'm, how they I'm do. hoping to see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. We'll definitely see how they do. And Richard, I know you brought it to my attention earlier today that yesterday was 824 in the um, um, date standpoint of things, August 24th. And for those of you that don't know, that is recognized in the NBA world as Kobe Day. That is the day that even when he was alive, they kind of recognized that day as his day Mm. because of the numbers that he wore. So we know that Kobe tragically passed away in 2020. But how has Kobe still affected you all to this day? Oh, my gosh. Um, One of my dad's favorite players ever. I, I, I like remember the day like yesterday. I was at LSU, actually, like when it all happened. But. Um, I just love that Vanessa is continuing his legacy, especially with women's basketball and everything. I think everything Mm. she's doing is great. And I'm really excited that he's going to get, you know, get to have the statue statue outside of Staples Center. He really deserves it. 20 years there made a great impact on everyone in the L.A. area. So, yeah, that statue will be unveiled February the 8th, 2024. That's amazing how the dates work, because February being the second month of the year, as we know, his daughter Gianna was tragically in that plane accident, too. And that's the jersey number that she wore. The eighth being uh, the eighth day of February, wore number eight in the year 2024. So. That's pretty amazing how those numbers were able to come together. Bo? For sure. um, I mean, it's definitely left a legacy. Like, I remember the day it happened. Uh, it was, I was in high school still, and it was just, the whole building was just in shock yeah. when we all heard. And it was like, what yeah. just happened, right? Yeah, it was. So, Tragic day for sure. I mean, the legacy that's being carried on in the people that, you know, follow him still. And I mean, he's still considered one of the greats. So, I mean, 
you know, I think it's really nice he's getting a statue. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're right about it, Bo. And why yeah. I actually have you, if you don't mind giving us our weather update for oh, the city oh, of yeah. San Marcos. We're running out of time here, but we got some weather for you guys today in very sunny San Marcos. It is a scorcher out there with a high of 104 and a low of 75. It is really hot here very. in Central Texas. <laughs> um, we got a heat advisory going out, and that's been present since, like, what, May, I think? Yeah, probably even yeah. before that. For a while. And then going into the weekend, it's going to get even hotter with a, uh, on Saturday, a high of 104 and a low of 77. And then on Sunday, 106 for the high. Can you bring me some good news for next week? Is it going to break? <laughs> going into next week, I don't think it looks triple digits all down the board, <sighs> except for Tuesday. We got a 98 day there. <sighs> forget i even asked <laughs> but forget it's it's asked. gonna be hot it's gonna be hot for a good long while probably not till like october and then that's when all like the like the cool weather fits are gonna come yeah. out we got a rain out of nowhere like a that few is days true ago, right? yeah. for like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah but hey rain rain was definitely needed in the city of san marcos i know that we were in a stage four drought mm-hmm. so i think we're probably back in a stage four drought now oh, yeah. but <laughs> we're gonna hope for some more rain But like you said, Bo, we are running out of time here. So that concludes today's episode of Bobcat Radio. If you enjoyed this broadcast and never want to skip a beat, make sure you keep up with us at following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, all of it. You name it, we're there. Be sure to listen, watch, and or follow Texas State soccer and volleyball in their upcoming matchups. From Taylor Quinn, Richard Presidioco, and our producer, Bo Kelly, I'm Thomas Terry reminding you to stay inside, keep cool and hydrated, enjoy your weekend. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.